Well, brothers and sisters, our readings today, especially our first reading, allows us the opportunity to reflect on the power and the efficacy of the sacraments. I remember when I first entered the seminary, as a postulant, there were seminarians many years ahead of me studying theology, and in their class on the sacraments, the professor, who was a Dominican, taught a very simple truth about the sacraments. It sounds almost astonishing because it's so simple. And the truth was, sacraments do something. And we might think, oh, of course the sacraments do something. But then when we really stop and think about it, what do they do? And am I really conscious of that? So often it can happen to any of us that we just sort of go through the motions. Maybe that's how we were raised. We go to mass because our parents tell us to. And we don't even stop to think about what am I actually doing? And what's happening to me when I go to mass, when I receive the sacraments? It can also happen that we sometimes, or maybe those of us, uh, if there are any tuning in who are not Catholic, might think that the sacraments are merely symbolic. But it's not so. The, the classic definition of a sacrament is, is now an outward sign instituted by God to give grace. We understand that sacraments do something, they give us grace. Sanctifying grace, and we need it. Sanctifying grace is the very life and love of God within our souls, and we need this. So sacraments do something. Here in our first reading, we hear about Naaman the Syrian, who goes and finally does what Elisha asks him to do by bathing in the Jordan River. And just by doing that, even though it's an ordinary river, not as beautiful perhaps as the ones in his homeland, but he does it and he is cleansed. The waters really cleanse him. And so too it is like that when we receive the sacraments. The sacraments really cleanse us. The sacraments really heal us. I like to think especially of you know, the sacraments of, of baptism and confession, those sacraments that cleanse us of our leprosy, mortal sins, sins which make us dead, as it were, in the spiritual life. And yet how beautiful it is that Jesus himself, even in the Divine Mercy Diary, says that the sacrament of confession is a miracle of mercy. He says to St. Faustina, speak of my mercy. Tell souls where they are to look for solace. That is, in the tribunal of mercy, the sacrament of reconciliation. There, the greatest miracles take place and are incessantly repeated. To avail oneself of this miracle, it is not necessary to go on a great pilgrimage. It suffices to come with faith to the feet of my representative and to reveal to him one's misery. And the miracle of divine mercy will be fully demonstrated. Were a soul like a decaying corpse, so that from a human standpoint there would be no hope of restoration and everything would already be lost, it is not so with God. The miracle of divine mercy restores that soul in full. 
Oh, how miserable are those who do not take advantage of the miracle of God's mercy. You will call out in vain, but it will be too late. So this is a wonderful encouragement for us, especially during this time of Lent. If we've been away from the sacrament of confession, and it may have been that we haven't had access to the sacrament of confession because of COVID, but now is the time to return. Now is the time to take full advantage of that sacrament, to receive the miracle of God's divine mercy, and to receive the cleansing that the Lord wants to do. The sacraments truly do something marvelous. They cleanse us of our sins, especially baptism and confession, and they give us God's divine life within us. And before concluding, I should also mention that what is sometimes difficult for us is that the Lord uses such surprising, ordinary means to deliver his grace. We think of the Eucharist, for example, where the Lord uses ordinary bread, even unleavened bread, and wine. You know, it's not fancy bread from a Whole Foods or a health store. It's ordinary unleavened bread. And even those who are gluten intolerant can consume a host that has almost no gluten in it, just a little bit. And it's enough. It's enough for God's grace to transform that soul and for God's life to be breathed into that soul. Of course, baptism, it doesn't have to be holy water. Baptism can use ordinary water. Ordinary olive oil is used also at, at baptism. And then at confirmation, there's oil that is, of course, it, you know, oils are blessed, but the oil also has some perfume in it. It's called chrism, sacred chrism. But it starts with ordinary olive oil. And through the priest's blessing, and then the application of this oil, the soul is confirmed and completes the sacraments of, of initiation. The other surprising ordinary element is not just the materials of the sacraments, but also the priest or the instrument, the, the one who is administering the sacrament. With baptism, it can even be a layperson. A layperson can administer baptism as long as they have the intention of doing what the church intends. In fact, the person doing the baptism doesn't even have to be Catholic. They could be a non-believer as long as they believe that the baptism does what the church intends it to do. They can use ordinary water and say those words, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And the person is baptized and the sacrament is effective. But we also think of the sacrament of confession where the Lord uses an ordinary priest and he might have all sorts of flaws that are very evident. He himself may not be living a very holy life and yet, the sacrament is effective. The Lord uses him as an instrument. St. Faustina even writes about how, and Jesus says to her, how the priest, you're, you're just barely seeing, you're basically seeing the appearance of the priest in front of you, but it's really Jesus. It's Jesus himself who works in the sacraments. It's Jesus himself who forgives the sins when the priests pronounce those words. Once, right before my ordination to the diaconate, I had gone over to uh, the Basilica in Washington, D.C., where I would be ordained the next day. 
And there was a rehearsal there preparing for the ordination. And while I was there, I thought, oh, this is a perfect time to go to confession. I'll go, I'll have this great confession experience, and I'll be all ready and prepared for my ordinations with the diaconate. And I went, and, and it wasn't exactly the confession experience that I was expecting. I listed some sins, and you know, they may have been relatively small sins, but the priest said, well, that's not a sin. <laughs> have you ever had that experience? <laughs> and I would list some other sins that I thought were sins, and he said, well, that's not a sin. And it kept going on like that. And thankfully, I remembered something I had learned many years ago, which is, even if you don't have, if you, even if you're not conscious of any sins, you can still receive the grace of the sacrament of confession by calling to mind some old sin that's already forgiven. And so I thought of a, a more significant sin, something that reached his threshold of sin, and I, and I confessed that. And thankfully then, you know, the priest pronounced the, the words of absolution, and, and I actually came out of that, that sacrament lifted up. feeling like I was floating on the clouds a little bit, you know, because I knew that the grace of the sacrament was there. The instrument of the priest, well, God bless him. <laughs> but the Lord works through every priest when we go to him for confession, no matter what. And it's true for the other sacraments as well. We often think that it has to be a certain way Naaman objected to this practice of, you know, washing in the Jordan River. But the Lord used ordinary water and this ordinary means for cleansing him. Even Jesus, in the gospel passage, is saying something that's surprising to us as well, that we too have to, and his, his audience has to accept with humility. He's hinting at this story of Elisha and the other story of Elijah who goes to a widow, or the widow goes to him. And in those stories, you know, the people object that Jesus is speaking about miracles performed for non-Israelites. They weren't the chosen people. They weren't the privileged ones. That's surprising. Shocking, so surprising, so contrary to their way of doing things that they were ready to throw Jesus off of the cliff. At the very start of his ministry here, this is the fourth chapter of Luke. How surprising it is for us too that the Lord can perform miracles of mercy in our souls through the ordinary sacraments, the ordinary means the church calls the sacraments the ordinary means of salvation, of giving grace. Yes, we certainly pray and hope for those who have died without the benefit of the sacraments. We trust in God's mercy for them. But for us here below, we thank God for the gift of the sacraments. And we should do everything we can to take advantage of them, to receive them. We may have been stuck at home for a time with COVID during the pandemic. 
But if you're able, and if you haven't been back to the sacraments or to the sacrament of reconciliation, please do not delay. Go at once. Take advantage of the sacrament. We need the sacraments to give us God's life, God's grace within us. We need the Eucharist. We can make a spiritual communion if we cannot get to Mass. But if we can, wow, we can also receive Jesus physically present in the Eucharist. We need the sacraments in our lives. And these are the ordinary means that Jesus gives us to receive his divine life within us. I wanted to close by asking you to pray for my nephew, Riley. Next Sunday, Riley will receive the Sacrament of Confirmation. Last year, he was supposed to receive it on Divine Mercy Sunday, but he got sick with COVID just beforehand, and so he wasn't able to receive with the rest of his confirmation class. But this coming Sunday, he has his second chance. He'll receive the Sacrament of Confirmation, and he's asked me to be his confirmation sponsor. So I pray that that sacrament will be very efficacious for him. And I ask you all to pray for him, my nephew Riley, and my sister and the whole family, that they all may have a great grace of, of deep faith and a beautiful experience as Riley receives his confirmation. The sacraments really are effective. We need God's grace. And the Lord uses such surprising means to give us his grace. May we all take advantage of them and have hearts filled with gratitude for the divine life that God gives us in our souls through these ordinary means. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian Helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.